If you'd like to sit down now, uh, Rafara is going to bring us our reading, and then we're going to hear from Peter. Our reading is from Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God, under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will, let, I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Misa. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All the waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directed his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. This is the word of the Lord. How are you feeling this morning? I wonder if you've ever felt that God has forgotten you. I wonder if you've ever felt that God has abandoned you or that he is no longer close to you. I wonder if you've ever felt that prayer is futile because it feels as though no one is listening to your cries. There are many things going on in our world today that may lead you to feel like that. Maybe things happening to you personally, or maybe just the general situation of the world in which we live. Things which may lead you towards despair. Well, this morning I want us to look together at Psalm 42 and to see how the psalmist moves from despair to hope. We don't know who wrote this psalm, but we know something of the situation that he faced and how he felt in that situation. 
In verse 9 of the psalm, he says, I say to my God, why have you forsaken me? The writer feels abandoned or forsaken by God. He feels that God has turned his back on him and is no longer responsive to his cry. It's as if God no longer cares about him. The psalm may well have been written at the time when the Jewish uh, inhabitants of Jerusalem were taken into exile in Babylon. In the year 587 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came and besieged the city of Jerusalem. And after that siege had gone on for a while, he captured the city. He broke down its walls. He destroyed the temple that had been built by Solomon for the worship of the living God. And he took all of the key inhabitants of that city off into captivity in Babylon. This psalm is attributed to the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were the temple singers, like our band, if I can call it that. Uh, they were like that. They, uh, they sang the praises of God in the temple. And this man, amongst the sons of Korah, must have witnessed the destruction of the temple, the plundering of all of the gold and the silver and the bronze from the temple, the taking away or destruction of the ark. He would have witnessed all of these things. And so he remembers with sadness, saying, how he used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. It's a memory for him now, a bittersweet memory, because he can no longer join in that praise. And perhaps the psalm reflects on how he was taken off across the Jordan and through the Hermon range towards Babylon and how he caught a last glimpse of the promised land as he was being taken away and remembered God and his goodness to him. But now he is far away. And to cap it all, he hears the cries of his captors ringing in his ears, where is your God? Where is your God now? Surely he's abandoned you. He's proved useless in defending you. Many years before this, King Sennacherib of Assyria had besieged Jerusalem and he'd sent a note to Hezekiah, which was deli delivered by the captain of his army, shouting it out to the walls of Jerusalem. Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Have they rescued Samaria from my hand? Who of all the gods of these countries has been able to save their lands from me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem? from my hand. 
But Hezekiah had trusted. He'd known that the Lord was not a God like the gods of the nations round about. He was the living God. And he trusted that God would save Jerusalem. And so God did. In a remarkable way, he destroyed the army of the Assyrians. And Jerusalem and its people were saved. But now, Jerusalem has been destroyed. The temple has been torn down. Where now is your God? Comes the mocking cry. And the psalmist has no answer to it all. Because it seems as if God has forsaken him. He even feels that God himself has been against him. All your waves and breakers have swept over me, he says. He feels overwhelmed by the judgment of God. Have you ever felt like this? As if God has abandoned you and you feel that he's far away from you. I was speaking to a friend of ours just a week ago. He's in his 80s. And he was telling me how uh, he met his wife, who's now died, but he met his wife in the church that they were attending. And they arranged their wedding, and they got married, and they went off on honeymoon to Cornwall. And they no sooner arrived in Cornwall when she said to him, we must go back. He said to her, why must we go back? We've only just arrived. And she says, said, I feel something terrible has happened. And so they returned, only to find that on the very day of their wedding, later in that day, after they had left the honeymoon, her brother had been killed in a motorcycle accident. And he told me his wife did not go back to church for many, many years after that. No doubt she felt that God had let her down, that God's care had not been there for her family, and she found it difficult to worship with God's people. Have you ever felt that God has abandoned you? There are many things that can lead us towards despair, things going on around us. Perhaps the COVID pandemic made you feel like that. There were so many things that you feared might happen. And even the churches were closed and we could not meet together as God's people. Though there were still the online services, thank God for that. But maybe you felt, where is God in all this? And you felt some despair at it all. Or maybe it's the alarming rise in the cost of living with the promise, if that's the right word, of more rises to come. And you wonder how you will cope. You wonder how your loved ones will cope. And you're tempted to despair in the face of all these things. 
The very world you feel is being shaken. Nothing is certain anymore. Or maybe it's the increase in international tensions with the war in Ukraine and the aggressive power of Russia and not knowing where that will end. Or the tensions between China and Taiwan. Will it end in a war between the world's superpowers, between the USA and China? And you're fearful. You're tempted to despair. Or maybe it's climate change with the increasing number of heat waves, with drought, with wildfires. Where will that end? Or perhaps you're deeply troubled by the vacuum in political leadership, not only in our country, but elsewhere. Where is it all going? And you feel despair in the face of it all. Where is God in all this? These and many other questions can drive us to despair and to ask with the psalmist, has God forgotten us? Has he wiped his hands of us? Doesn't he care about us? Well, I want us to look at Psalm 42 this morning, not to depress us, if I ended my message there this morning, you might go out feeling very depressed. <laughs> but I want to look at this psalm because it gives us a pattern for turning from despair and to hope. The psalm begins with this beautiful picture as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The psalmist may feel that God is far away from him, even that God has turned his back on him. But this only makes him long all the more for God and for God's presence and to feel God close. He cries out, when can I go and meet with God? How can this psalm then help us to deal with those times when we are tempted to despair because of what is going on around us or to us? What advice has it got to offer? I have seven points this morning. Don't worry, you'll be home for lunch. But I have seven points. The first is longer than the rest, just to warn you of that. So firstly, let despair make you long for God's presence, comfort and action. Don't let despair turn you away from God, but let it turn, turn you towards him to seek his face. Let me tell you a personal story this morning. More than 40 years ago, I, was, I became the minister of a Baptist church in London. And I was young, and I had great ideas about how a church should grow and flourish, 
how it should, under the word and the spirit, become a community of people who reflected the presence and power of God and were a witness to the community. This little church grew and grew rapidly. But the people were from all sorts of backgrounds and with all sorts of different ideas. And I found the work more and more difficult. And after eight years, my health suffered. I ended up in hospital with pneumonia and I had a breakdown. I felt I could not go on. I could not cope anymore. And so I resigned. And being a Baptist minister, the house we lived in belonged to the church. And so I had no job. I had no home. I had a young family. And I felt at that time deep trauma. I felt that either I had let God down or that God had let me down. And I didn't like either of those options. And I went through a time of spiritual depression. But there was one text of scripture that spoke to me again and again and again at that time. And it was from the end of John chapter 6. It's when the crowds had heard the teaching of Jesus and they hadn't liked what they heard. And they were leaving him. They were turning away and going back home. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says to them, are you going to leave me as well? And it's Peter who answers. And he blurts out, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter knew that there was no one else to turn to. And those words rang in my heart at that time. I felt that I was in a wilderness situation, but I knew that there was nowhere else to turn to except to God himself. And my feeling of despair forced me to turn to God rather than away from God because there was no other solution. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Make trouble and despair and trauma turn you to God rather than away from him. And secondly, Pour out your heart to God in prayer. Tell him honestly how you feel. That's what the psalmist does in this psalm. God can take what we have to say to him. At least in private prayer, be utterly honest with God. Don't feel that in prayer you have to say nice words to God. That you have to be artificial with him. But pour out your heart, even if it's a pouring out of your grief and your trauma and even your anger and despair. Pour it out to God. 
He does not take offence at such prayer, for it's here in the words of Scripture. He endorses it, and he has given us these psalms as a pattern for our own prayer. When we feel despair, pour out our hearts to God, for he is ready to hear. Deep, calling to deep, in prayer of a heart-breaking, poured out to the living God. And thirdly, remember what God has done for you and all that he is for you. Focus on his love for you. Did you notice the language the psalmist uses in, in this psalm? Even in his distress, when he feels that God has forsaken him, he refers to God as my saviour. And my God, he refers to God as my rock. He remembers and recalls all that God has been to him and has done for him. And he knows that God does not change and that God is that still. He remembers what God has done for him. And for us, we need to remember God's love towards us in the Lord Jesus. God loved us so well that he gave his son for us. And will he not with him freely give us all things? Remember what God has done for you in, in those difficult times. Remember his blessings in times past and know that he does not change. And fourthly, Recognise that God is with you in whatever situation you may face. In the middle of this psalm, we have a rather wonderful verse. It seems almost out of place in the psalm. Verse 8. In the middle of a psalm of lament, there are these words. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. The psalmist recognises that God is with him, that God's love surrounds him, even in this time of trial. And he recognises, even in the darkest moments, in the middle of the night, when he's awake and worrying, he recognises that God is with him, and the very cry of his heart is a cry that God himself has put there. His song is with me at night, he says. The cry of despair, crying out to God, is the cry that God himself places in our hearts, that we might connect with him and know his presence, even in times of trial. Recognise that God is with us, that he loves us, and that he is the one who puts the song of lament in our hearts that we might pour out our hearts to him. And fifthly, take yourself in hand and counsel yourself. Psalms 42 and 43 are marked by the refrain, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. 
Do you ever talk to yourself? Lots of nodding heads. I talk to myself quite frequently. Mostly it's to tell myself off when I know I've done something stupid. And if nobody's around, I talk to myself out loud and rebuke myself. But we need to be in the habit of talking to ourselves, not listening to our feelings and our despairs, not listening to the thousand voices around us complaining at how bad everything is and it's only going to get worse. But we need to talk to ourselves, just as the psalmist does here, to counsel ourselves. To say, why are you so downcast? Why so disturbed? And to remind ourselves that we still have a God who is unchanging in his goodness and faithfulness. And so that leads me on to point six. Place your hope in God. Place your hope in God his unchanging character, and place your hope in God's promises that he has made you. Even in the face of a troubled world. In Romans chapter 5, Paul says, hope does not make us ashamed. What does he mean? He means that hope won't let you down. Hope in God will not let you down. Because he will not fail us. And he goes on to speak of how God has loved us. He's given his son for us. How the risen saviour is our hope. And how God has shed abroad in our hearts his love by his Holy Spirit. And these are assurances to us that hope is not misplaced. Hope in God can never be dis misplaced because God will not let us down. He will bring us safe at last to glory. We can trust him even in the midst of storms and difficulties. Lastly and seventhly, have confidence that you shall at last praise him. When uh, I was going through uh, that time of deep trauma, I continued, we continued to go to church and worship with God's people. But I must admit that I found praise very difficult at that time. I found it difficult to sing many songs and hymns of praise when I had such feelings in my heart that I had let God down or God had let me down. I found it difficult to praise God. Maybe there have been times when you found it difficult, if not impossible, to praise God. Maybe you've been here, but you've not been able to sing because you've looked at the words and thought, they're not my words. But have confidence that you will let, uh, yet praise God. For God is the one who has the last word. And his last word to us 
is the word he has spoken in the Lord Jesus. It's a word of grace, of goodness, of love and of mercy. As we're reminded in Psalm 23, God's goodness and mercy will follow us, surround us, all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Have confidence that you shall at last praise him. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Let's have a moment of quiet and of prayer together. Lord, we ask that in whatever situation we may be facing this morning, you would turn our hearts in faith and hope to you and know in you the one who will meet us in that difficult place, in that desert place, in that time of trial and who will stretch out your hand to us in love and in mercy, and in restoring grace. Help us to be a people who minister that hope to one another and to a world in despair. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.